Thanks to this episode's sponsor, LLC TLC. They are just doing an incredible job saving you money on your registration. Be sure to register your vehicles, airplanes, boats, street legal side-by-sides, and trailers to your own Montana LLC, and you will pay $0 in sales tax. So go to LLCTLC.com for more information. Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Collector Car Podcast. I'm at the Wynn in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Concord Elegance. But there's a lot of other stuff going on here this week, including RM Sotheby's Formula One auction coming up here shortly. And to help cover this, as well as some of the cool cars that are uh, on offer, I have Thatcher Keys. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, Greg? Happy to be here. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you being here. Now, this is really funny because you have not been on the podcast before, and I'm thrilled that you're on the podcast no matter what the subject is. So thank you for Absolutely. Doing that. Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be great. And uh, I, I was walking around the show field yesterday, and I saw you just working 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 you are working hard and i know there's a lot to do in preparation for the uh, rm sotheby's auction coming up so if you would kind of give us an overview of the auction overall but i specifically want to know like kind of your role and how you manage such a big project yeah so um this las vegas sale it's uh, not our normal normal type of auction this is a very boutique different unique style so uh, me and my team, we've been planning this for about eight months now with multiple trips out here to the win. Um, we are doing the auction in the Awakenings Theater, which is the newest, best of the best theater in all of Las Vegas. We were there last night for the show, and it was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. The special effects in that theater and just the way it operates. and we're, So imagine 32 cars coming in there one at a time on that beautiful glass stage with the lights and the lasers and the sound, we're going to have a car auction in that style. Wow. So much different than what we're normally used to. Yeah. So actually seeing the show last night, there was a lot of animatronics and crazy stuff. No anima- animatronics, right? Uh, that's for that's for everybody to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you do all this? Like yesterday I saw you kind of putting up flags, setting up the display, you know, on the concourse field. Uh, kind of walk us through all the stuff you're doing this week. Yeah, so like what what I do really is uh, when we have a new auction like this, I come in and I do all the logistics and getting the sale ready, as well as the sale itself. So, um, I mean, they had the Las Vegas Concord yesterday. They had 280 cars on the field or thereabout, um, and we had to get all 32 of our cars in at the same time because mm. our cars were all in the on the uh, field. So getting everything in and organized and set up in one day was quite the project. So I had two other guys here with me. Um, it, it took us uh, two 16-hour days to get everything where it needs to be. Um, you know, driving through Las Vegas traffic in a $10 million CLK is uh, not the most heartwarming thing in the world. <laughs> I can tell you that. I was going to ask you that. Like, which, are you driving all of these cars? Yeah, yeah, we have to here. Just because of the, like, the constraints of the venue, we have to move all of them multiple times. So we'll go over the list of cars here in a second, but... Um... What has been the most nerve-wracking car to move this week? For sure, it's the Hamilton car, the, the Lewis Hamilton Mercedes. It's uh, it's not easy to move. It doesn't run. You know, it's been pickled since it last raced. So it's you got to push it around. It has a half inch of ground clearance, so you can literally get stuck on flat ground if you're not paying attention. <laughs> I like that you get stuck on flat ground. <laughs> yeah, it'll just it'll just like come to a nice slow stop. And you're like, oh, we're touching grass. Yeah, <laughs> there's a speck of dust. Yeah, exactly. Somebody move that. All right. Well, how about from the uh, the ones you've actually sat in and driven? Uh, and I bring this up not meaning the cars are bad or anything, but just you know some of these cars are street legal race cars. 
you know, yeah. and you're driving through Vegas, like, which is what has been the most nerve wracking? Like you're in the car and you're like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. Well, in this sale, we have two CLK GTRs. We have a coupe and a roadster. And those cars are very seldomly seen, let alone together. So when we had to move them yesterday, it was, you would think that there was a celebrity driving the car. Like it was, I'm not so much worried about the car itself as I'm worried about other people yes. looking at it and not paying attention. So we had a really good system figured out. We had a couple cars in front and behind us that were like our buffers that we knew the drivers. So they were just basically escorting us everywhere. Um, right now they're on display at the valet and they get more attention than probably anything that's there right now, which is kind of funny. <laughs> well, rightfully so. Yeah. I, I remember those cars actually, I'm older than you quite quite a bit. Um, I was at Road Atlanta when those things used to race. Oh man. And so to see one of the legal road cars is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And to see a coupe and a roadster together, I, yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened. I know that they've never been sold together in one auction. So just to see them both sitting together is awesome. Yeah, it is truly awesome. So walk us through just like the next couple of days until the actual sale, uh, just to give our listeners perspective on what it's like to be an auction manager. Yeah, so uh, today is kind of our get organized, everything settled day. So every, all the cars are here. We're getting the auction display area set up today. Um, tomorrow, all the cars go on a display to start for preview. So on Monday, we're open from 10 to 6 to 8, depending on traffic of people. Um, and you can come see the cars on Monday. Tuesday, we have a really cool event going on. It's not public, um, unfortunately, but you can watch it. Netflix is doing their first live sporting event on Tuesday the 14th and they've invited us to bring the Lewis Hamilton car to be in their VIP paddock and they're going to do a live broadcast around our car. Wow. So okay. we're going to be broadcasting Arm Sotheby's Lewis Hamilton's first race winning Mercedes across the globe on Tuesday with Netflix. So that's a really, really exciting opportunity. That's incredible. And unfortunately, this podcast will post on Thursday, but I'll have links to the uh, anything I can, especially. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Once, once they do the broadcast, you can go back and rewatch it. So yeah, if this is that. coming out Thursday, then you can go and still see the broadcast. It's a live golf tournament that they're doing. Wow. And they're going to do a little clips in and out of, uh, me around the Hamilton car and talking about it and showing it to people. It's, it's going to be cool. That's awesome. All right. So, and then walk us through rest of the, uh, the setup in the sale. Yeah. So after the Netflix event, Lewis Hamilton car comes back into the casino where it's on display. Uh, Thursday is a big moving day for us, uh, uh, car wise. So all of the cars, well, not all of them, but about 18 of them are going to go down into the Awakenings theater where they're all staged for the first half of the sale. Um, we're going to do a dress rehearsal, uh, Thursday night with all the Awakening staff and production teams and James Corden, cause he's our host. Yep. So, uh, we're going to do that Thursday night and then Friday morning, again, another car moving day. The rest of the cars go back behind the theater. And then our doors open at 2.30 on Friday. The auction's at 3.30. All of the cars sell. And as they come out of the theater, they're getting loaded directly onto trucks. And when that last car is on the last truck, I can finally take a breath and enjoy myself for a second. <laughs> you, can, you can relax and have a beer, <laughs> Exactly, <right>? exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's really cool. I know you're working so hard. You know, you, you hear Vegas, you hear the wind, you hear these incredible cars. It sounds like it's a party, but it's not. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely not a party. Yeah, it's not a party. <laughs> there, there will be a party Saturday night. Sure. But no, we don't have time for that beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Awesome, man. Well, let's just run through, down through some of these cars that yeah. are, are on offer. Uh, we don't have to go through all of these, but just to talk about them, you've mentioned the 
uh, Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes. Anything else you'd like to mention about that incredible Formula One car? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the only AMG Patronus F1 car outside of Mercedes-Benz factory hands. It's the only one. That by itself is nuts. It's Yeah, it's a big deal. So if you buy this car, you're going to be the sole owner of the only Patronus AMG F1 car. And it's Lewis Hamilton's very first race-winning Mercedes. So we're like, if you put it in the perspective of dynasties, like, you know, you have the Patriots, you've got Lionel Messi. It's like, he's in that cat. He's Michael Jordan of Formula One. Right. You know, he's won, I think it's seven world championships. And this is his first car that he won his first race with Mercedes. Yeah. It's like, like we're also selling Tom Brady's final game worn jersey. Yeah. It's in that category of the greatest of all time pieces of, it's not even memorabilia. It's the actual machine that he used. So it's. So once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, it's really interesting because the estimate on the Mercedes is ten to fifteen million, and I think that's low. I think it could be low. Um, it's hard to value something that is essentially priceless. Right. I mean, if right. you have two diehard Formula One Lewis Hamilton car collectors or Mercedes collectors for that matter, this is there's no other first winning car. Right. Like you don't want his. I mean, you might want it his second race winning car, but there's only one first place car right, right. for the first time yeah so it's i'm i'm hoping that it's going to be in uh lack of a better term a dog fight when this yeah. comes up for sale well if the ulahel coupe has any you know yeah it could go something like that yeah you it's, it's in that. that category of mercedes for sure right and i know the tom brady i think that was what two to two and a half million for the jersey something yeah like yeah that? the estimates one one million to one and a half a one to one and a half and it's okay. his it's tom brady's final game worn jersey so it's the game that they beat or they they lost to the Cowboys in 2022, two or one, I can't remember exactly, uh, but it's his final jersey and yeah. it's it's authenticated, it's all matched. He signed it a couple weeks ago. He came to the office and signed it. Really? Yep. And he's like, "Yeah, this is the one. This is my last jersey." So I mean, you can you Wait, can define coming to the office, the was, LA office. I was about to say because yeah. he's not coming to Canada. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was about to say, wait a second. I'm just going to drop by outside of Detroit. Yeah. You know. Um, okay. All right, so we talked about the other two, the Mercedes, the CL, the CLKs. Mm -hmm. Now, those things are just insane and gorgeous. So just from a, a price point perspective, for the Coupe, it's eight to nine, and there were 20 of those. And then for the Roadster, because of the rarity and it's a Roadster, mm -hmm. uh, 10.5 to 13. And how many of those were built? Seven. Seven of them. Were There's built. only seven Roadsters ever made. So that, you know, that itself adds 30% value. Absolutely. It's yeah. like, it's just finding a more rare bird yeah we were walking by him yesterday and my wife was actually like oh man i really love that roadster version like yeah. the differences between the two they're both gorgeous but the subtle differences with the spider top i guess you know some of the uh the uh radiator you know the air ducts and stuff were slightly different because it didn't have the scoop on the roof you know that kind of thing i i personally think the coupe looks a bit, a bit more menacing yeah, like it yep. looks a bit more angry, like a race car. Yeah, I think the roadster, the roadster is gorgeous, um, but it just doesn't have like that menacing growl. Right, right. Uh, but you know, it's it's such a rare, rare thing. Like it, it'd be the capstone of any collection. Yeah, whoever buys that, like you're gonna walk into their garage and be like, "Is that a CLK Roadster?" And there might be a GTO <laughs> parked next to it. Right, because <laughs> like it's so it's you just yeah. don't see them. You just don't like see everybody it. knows what a GTO looks like, right? Right. Like we're selling one tomorrow right. or on Monday. Like it's iconic when you see a CLK Roadster, it's in that same category. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. you don't see them every day, yep. even every five years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, the next one's the 1996 Bugatti EB110, but not just the regular one. It's the Super Sport, right? Yeah, it's an SS. Um, it is uh, one of 30. Uh, it's an incredible car. We were driving it around yesterday, and we Zach and I were sitting there watching Corey move it, and we kind of forgot that we were like had to direct him because we just like got stuck <laughs> staring at it. Yeah. Like, man, this thing is cool. Yeah. The black wheels really set it off for me. Are those factory black wheels? Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just great. It's again, it's something like this. This auction in itself has a collection of supercars that I don't know if we'll be able to assemble again. Right. Like there is everything here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now that one's two point five to three point two five, and you know when those came out, I have pictures of some of those when they came out, and I wasn't thrilled with the design initially, but man, it's really aged well. It's aged really well. Yeah, especially since they brought back the whole Bugatti, you know, it, as a whole, you know? It, to me, it's almost like this car kind of fell out of style, and now it's back in style. Yeah. Like, this, the queuing and the lines of it, the way that it's kind of just the general shape, how it's a wedge shape, like, cars are going back to that now, but that kind of fell off in the early 2000s, and it kind of was like, oh, that's an EB110, and the value show that as well. They didn't used to be as valuable, and now they're becoming more popular based on their styling. Um, and they just... They're kind of coming back in, if yeah. that makes sense. Well, and I love the color. I'm not a, I'm not a guy. My wife will tell you. I don't typically like white cars. Um, I really like it on that car. I like yeah. that it's not French blue, and uh, the black wheels really look good yeah, on it. Yeah, the black so. wheels make it special. Now, we've got a bunch of Ferraris. Um, I'm not going to really pick too many of these, but the first one, uh, the La Ferrari, Aperta. Uh, what do you know about that car? I know those are extremely rare nowadays, and uh, they're doing quite well in the valuation market, aren't they? Yeah, well, ever since they came out with the Aperta, I mean, we sold the very first one in Ferrari of 2017 yep. at our auction at the factory there. Uh, and it was, uh, you, the person that bought it got to pick, inspect their own option. And ever since that happened, the Aperta value has just gone up. Yeah. I mean, compared to a regular LaFerrari, a coupe, you know, that's, we'll call them between three and a half to four and a half in general. For the that's, coupe. A, that's a wide range, but yep. in that area, uh, the, the Aperitas are over $5 million. So just for a car that is a coupe with a removable roof, it's that's a huge price difference. Yeah. But yeah. they're but they're incredible cars. Um, it's, this one has the carbon fiber roof, so it just literally take it off with one hand. It's amazing. Yep. Um, great colors. It's black with red pen striping, uh, with a red and black interior. It's very it's very complementary of each other. Looks really good going down the road. Um, and it's low it's low mileage too. It's just just over two thousand miles. Oh, that's crazy. That's really cool. And, and I also wanted to throw this in there because it's not just cars you're selling. You know, you mentioned the Tom Brady jersey. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to mention the Michael Schumacher uh, racing suit. We've, we've had tremendous success on Schumacher stuff. I mean, at Monterey, yeah. we had the helmets. And, you know, they went from, I forgot what the estimates were on those, but they were selling... 100 to 150 grand for a helmet, right? Yeah, we were surprised by the, how well the Schumacher memorabilia has been doing. Uh, those helmets, um, just after Monterey, we had them estimated anywhere from 10 to 30 grand, depending on the helmet itself. Uh, but they ended up selling between 60 and 100 grand per helmet. So how are the suits doing in relation to the helmets? Because helmets, I can see those, you know, people collect football helmets. They're, they're small, they're compact, they're, you know, you can just put them on the shelf. Are you seeing that same kind of surprise with the suits? Or yeah. is it a Schumacher effect? Uh, it's so far it's it's been a Schumacher effect. Okay. Um, yep. The one that we're selling here is the race suit that he wore at the Italian Grand Prix. He got he won um, pole position. 
fastest lap, and he won the race. So this is a suit that he wore during that time, and he signed it. So it's a signed racing suit. We sold about 20 of them a couple months ago, and we had them estimated between 10 and 20 grand, and they were selling for 30 to 50. Right. So, I mean, same same (sighs) correlation as the helmets, but not quite as extreme. It's like a price difference because yeah. suits are a little bit harder to display than a helmet. Like, um, But it's still Michael Schumacher's race-winning Italian GP suit. And if you want a right. Schumacher suit, you want the one he wore in Italy when he was driving for a Ferrari. That's the one you want, right? Yep. Yep. Now, the estimate is 20 to 25. So to me, that's one we need to watch, right? Yeah. you got to watch this one. Yeah, See absolutely. if it hits 50 or something it, like it that. It should. It should. So next, I just wanted to talk about, we have two LFAs. Mm-hmm. So talk about the difference between the two because it's fascinating the original price point difference between a Nurburgring edition, which I think there were 50, and a nine, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think it was 50 grand. That, that's a lot of money, obviously, yeah. back in the day. But the gap to today is huge. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about those two cars. It's funny. I was just uh, with the cars downstairs with Zach, and we were talking about LFAs because they're parked right next to each other. And we're like, it's crazy. Like, when these came out in 2012, dealerships were having a hard time selling them. Like they were sitting there for a couple years and they were just waiting for somebody to come buy them. And then they started coming, <clears throat> excuse me, into the collector car market at around, I remember when they were four to 600 grand for one, for a standard right. one. And then we, now that they just keep slowly climbing up year after year. And we just sold, we just set the world record in Monterey for a non Nurburgring at a million dollars. A million dollars for an LFA. Right. And so, Naturally, when the regular LFA comes available for a million dollars, that's going to push up the Nurburgring because yep. it's a more limited edition. It's carbon fiber, different performance, different tuning, a little bit different interiors, uh, all around more trackable car than the regular street LFA. They're both streetable, but more right. benefits to the track with the uh, Nurburgring. Those are those should be up around one eight to two million dollars now, just based off us selling a low mileage standard one for a million. Yeah, so and in just five years ago, you could buy a Nurburgring for eight hundred grand. Yeah, so think about the math on that. You know, the option was maybe fifteen percent more, right? Yep. And today it's double the price. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So this one, the Nurburgring that we're selling, it's the orange one. We have an orange one that's a Nurburgring, and the yellow one, which is the standard LFA. They're both they're both the two lowest LFA mileage cars that I'm aware of, that we're aware of. The Nurburgring has 127 miles on it. Oh, wow. It, has, it hasn't been driven. You know, the 127 miles since 2012, that's basically just moving around your collection yeah. and maybe taking it around the block a few times in its life. So yeah. it's it's really like buying a brand new Nurburgring from the dealership. Yeah. And the regular car is 143 miles. Wow. So if you want the, two, the two best LFAs that exist, to our knowledge, this is your time to do it. This is your time to do it. Right. Okay. We've talked about a lot of Mercedes-Benz. Uh, you're of the generation where like the cars from the eighties, nineties mean a lot to you, right? Absolutely. Yes. So we have this 1989 Mercedes Benz 560. This is the longest title in the world. 560 SEC AMG 6.0 wide body estimates 70, 700 to $900,000. Tell me why this car would appeal to you. And these have gone through the roof lately from a valuation perspective, right? Yeah. They have exploded. Yeah. Uh, more commonly referred to as the hammer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as we like to call them. Uh, it is just the epitome of what was what I thought was cool when I was 10. Yeah. It was a loud German, powerful four-door sedan. And it had a wide body kit. 
It was awesome. Like it doesn't get any cooler than that for my generation of guys. Like that's this falls in the line with like your two Jay Z Supras. Mm. You know, it's that generation of car. Um, the wide body, the hammers have gotten a lot of appreciation. They, they they used to be down around two to three, four hundred grand for a low mileage one, and now they're getting closer to a million dollars. A million dollars for a four door Mercedes Benz with a six liter engine in it. Was it at Miami this last year that we had the one that the estimate was around two ninety or something, and it sold for over seven hundred? Seven fifty. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the tipping point in my mind, or that was where all right, something's going on here, right? Yep, that's like when that happened with the wide bodies. That what happened with the LFA in Monterey for us. Okay. Like so, when we do that, it's now making the market of where these cars should be selling for. Right. So prime example, and that we have one in this auction. We have got a hammer in Las Vegas. And we have a uh, another one coming up on December eighth in New York. Okay. Yep. So we've got two opportunities coming up to buy a hammer. That's awesome. That's great. Now there's some other Mercedes here. One of them is the 2021, uh, the AMG Black Series Project One Edition. Mm. I had this on here because it's an interesting car. It's a it really is. cool car. Six fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars. It's my understanding when you bought this, you couldn't sell it for a year, year and a half, mm. and now those are coming off of that uh, time frame. And so some are coming to market. Is that true? Is yeah, that, yeah, okay. exactly. So this is a special Black Series being a P1 edition. And what that means is uh, these cars were only offered to uh, clients of Mercedes that had an AMG Project 1 on order. Mm. Uh, and you could only buy one if you had an agreement with Mercedes to buy a Project 1, which we all know that car. It's the yeah. really a Formula 1 car for the road. Yep. Uh, and this this particular one is a special one because most of these cars are black, mm -hmm. and this one is silver. I think I believe there's two or maybe three silver ones, and this is the only silver one that's been going to be publicly offered. Right. There, I've seen quite a few black ones. Um, they're they're a super special car. They have the Mercedes uh, livery of their Formula One car on the back half of the car, which makes them cool. It's got special wheels, interior. It's just an awesome black series. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cool little cars. Well, honestly, it's the black series that you want. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And then, you know, just so our listeners don't think everything here is pre, you know, post 1985, mm. <laughs> we do have some older cars here. 1957 Mercedes Benz 300 SL Roadster, one of the yeah. best cars ever, yep. right? All time. Very interesting color. Yeah. Strawberry metallic. Stra I, th I think it's stunning. Yeah. Some people just call it pink. I call it beautiful. <laughs> Now, the estimate on this is 1.3 to 1.6. Where have you seen the values of the not only the uh, Roadster, but the Gullwing uh, going lately? Roadsters are coming up and Gullwings are coming up. Uh, in a, with Roadsters, it has a lot to do with the restoration of these cars. We've seen, we sell a lot of these, and we, we see them that we see Roadsters that can bring a million dollars just based, you know, it's a 1980s restoration or a perfect one that comes from Mercedes-Benz Classic or our Auto Restoration. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that can do a million and a half upwards to $2 million for right. a Roadster. And Gullwings are in that category. They're about typically 20% more than a, a Roadster. Uh, but this one in Vegas, is it's a great color combination. Strawberry metallic over uh, tan interior. You don't ever see it. This car just completed Colorado Grand. Okay. So it's well, you know it runs. It's well sorted. It's yep. ready to go. Beautiful color, especially in the sun. It doesn't. It doesn't do this car justice being inside. Right. It's beautiful in the sunlight. Oh, I can see that. I didn't see it out yesterday. Was it out? Uh, right? We didn't have it out yesterday. No. Okay. Um, all right. Now talking about super rare cars you never see. Mm -hmm. uh, 2000. 
21, McLaren Elva. Now, this is a really wild car. It doesn't really have a windshield at all, and it's a crazy mystic-like paint job. Yeah. So tell us about this crazy car. Now, the estimate on this one is 1.8 to $2.4 million. Just a crazy, crazy car. Yeah, so when we started, when we had this idea of doing the auction in Las Vegas, we wanted to have a really curated sale of crazy, wild, Las Vegas-esque cars. <laughs> and I said, I know of a McLaren Elva that would be a perfect car to start off this auction, the consigning. Um, it's no reserve. It has no windshield because <laughs> it kind of has to be. Uh, and it's in a wild color. It's an iridescent, uh, I think it's Pacific. Pacific color. <laughs> yeah, Pacific Coast color. It changes color from purple to orange to green, depending on where you're standing, where you're looking. Uh, it comes with two helmets, so you don't need a windshield. You just put the helmets on. The, can you talk to your passenger with the helmet on? I don't know. I okay. couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting. Zach was moving around last night, and I, I've never been in one or drove one. And it's, it, Was it windy? Because that's the first question everybody asks you if you see somebody in an elbow. Like, how was that? Yeah. He's like, it's it's wild because there's these little flaps that come up in the front of the car that create like an air pocket where you sit, and it's not windy hardly at all. Right. And you're just like in this dome of air right. that things go. It's crazy that go over your head. Yeah. So it's it's a. I don't know if there'll be another car like that. Right. That's made by a manufacturer with no windshield and is as wild looking as this thing. I can't believe they got it made to begin with. <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. Uh, they, they, they probably said, you know, you have to have two helmets. That's the yeah. way you can sell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've covered a bunch of cars here. It's nowhere close to all the cars that are being offered, uh, you know, at this sale. Um, I, I do want to talk about a few of these packages, I guess you would say, yeah. that are not car related. But, you know, just tell us the thought behind offering kind of these vacation Napa Valley pa packages and maybe, you know, uh, what they're all about, I guess. Yeah, so we're, um, Sotheby's has put in a couple experience lots um, in this auction. One of them is a, uh, it's a four-night stay at Napa Valley. Uh, it's a wine tasting experience with Danica Patrick at her mm -hmm. tasting room. Uh, it's That's cool. Yeah, it's a really, should be a really cool, fun experience. They're, they're at 15 to 20 grand. That gets you out there four days, four nights. Um, and you get to hang out with Danica Patrick at her winery and enjoy the food <laughs> and the views and just be in Napa right. for four days. The other one is a cool experience, too. It's a Glen Turrent whiskey experience in Scotland. Okay. Uh, it's, again, four days, four nights. It's a round of golf at Glen Eagles, the most beautiful golf course in all of Scotland, or one of them. Uh, and you have exclusive whiskey, ta whiskey tastings at the Glen Turrent Distillery. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, VIP tours. Uh, you get to stay there. You have a dinner with their Michelin star chef. Oh, nice. it's, yeah, it's quite the four-day package. Yeah, that's going to be a good meal. Yeah, and I think they're they're good to throw into an auction like this. You know, Vegas yeah. is an experienced city. I think you come here to do things. So we wanted to offer, here's something that you can do, you can buy to go do somewhere right. else. Right. You know, rather than just, here's your car, take it home. Here's an experience. Go travel. Do something like you do in Las Vegas. So we're really trying to tie into the lights, the craziness, the excitement, and the experience of Las Vegas. That's awesome. Now, as this podcast comes out, it's on Thursday. The sale is tomorrow on Friday. What time does the sale kick off? Uh, we open the doors at 2.30 Pacific time, and then yep. the auction begins sharply at 3.30. Okay. So we're, on quite, we're on a timeline because Formula One starts free practice 3 at 8 o'clock at night, and then qualifying begins at midnight on Friday. So we're like the pre-pre-party to the, the first day of the track being open. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's going to be great. 
Well, man, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for being on the Collector Car Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.